Pulp MX Network Production. Welcome to the Pulp Hockey Show with Steve Mathis. Support the show by clicking the Amazon banner on PulpHockey.com before shopping. Follow the show on Twitter at Pulp Hockey. Subscribe on iTunes and find us on Stitcher or your favorite podcast app. Welcome, everybody, to the Pulp Hockey Podcast Show. Thank you for listening. Appreciate it. Check out our latest show with Sean Pronger and Jamie McLennan in the last week or so. We appreciate you guys listening. And uh, don't forget, Ferraro 20 saves you money at 2UNDER, the number 2UNDR.com, the best men's underwear out there. Uh, Ferraro 20 saves you 20%. Check it out. A lot of NHLers wear 2UNDER, so should you. And if you want to support the podcast, there's an Amazon banner on PulpHockey.com. You can click on the Amazon banner, make a purchase, and uh, we get a small slice of that, and we're able to uh, keep on going. So thanks again, people. PulpHockey.com. With me on the line to talk about the Winnipeg Jets, which I have a soft spot in my heart for, being from Winnipeg, born and raised there, uh, left the same year that the Jets left. Of course, they're back now. Joining me on the line from the Illegal Curve Hockey Show on TSN 1290, IllegalCurve.com website. These guys cover the Winnipeg, the Winnipeg Jets inside and out, and uh, it's a great show. It's a great site. So check it all out. Uh, Drew Mendel. Drew, thank you for joining us. My pleasure, Steve. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. So uh, I'm guessing winter is uh, in full effect here. I live in Vegas, but uh, I know from family members it is it's bad there right now. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny you mentioned that. Uh, it's actually quite nice for you know beginning of December. A little bit of uh, not to not to make you uh, not to you know make, bring you want to want to bring you back to Winnipeg. It's not Vegas weather. Let's not get carried away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, it's uh, right around freezing. So you know, right around yep. I guess what's that? Thirty-two degrees Fahrenheit. So yeah, zero okay. degrees Celsius and sunny and not a lot of wind and not a lot of snow. So uh, I, I gotta, I'll take it for December the first. I got a photo with a ton of snow like last week. I don't know. Oh, I was just a bunch of snow. I'm like, oh, it hit, it hit. So I wasn't sure. We got a bit of a storm, but it was okay. You know, we maybe maybe half a dozen centimeters. Oh, that's for it. For you, that, yeah, for you guys, yeah, it's nothing, right? It didn't, it didn't stop life in Winnipeg by any right. stretch. Uh, let's talk a little bit about illegalcurve.com. You and your partners on there. You're, you're, I'm not sure who owns it or who, who, which guys are which, but you've done a great job. You got this 1290 show on TSN, and uh, the site's doing well. I guess talk about that a little bit and how it started and a little bit on how it's going. Yeah, absolutely. Everything's going great. We have sort of the, the two, uh, two, three components. So we got the website that you mentioned, IllegalCurve.com, your online home for the Winnipeg Jets. You know, uh, We have the radio shows on TSN 1290 twice weekly, Saturday with the Illegal Curve Hockey Show, uh, generally starting at 12 noon, sometimes a bit earlier if the, or a bit later, depending on when the Jets puck drop is. Mm-hmm. And then uh, a midweek show that's usually Wednesdays, but sometimes, again, the schedule can affect it uh, uh, it's called the NHL this week. The you know the the whole the whole operation started with my colleague Richard Pollock when he was uh, he was in law school and mm-hmm. he decided that being in law school wasn't I don't know wasn't hard enough work so he decided <laughs> to start a website at the same time sure which at the uh, you know when he started was dedicated to all thirty teams in the NHL there mm-hmm. was the Jets were not back they were not on the radar or anything so. Every day he would compile sort of the news and the notes regarding all 30 NHL teams. Um, you know, I'll make this the, the quick version of this mm-hmm. story. Uh, long story short, uh, we, you know, uh, we started a radio show back in Winnipeg 
on what was a radio station that no longer exists, unfortunately. It was called 92.9 Kick FM. Okay. It was affiliated with uh, Red River College, which is a, you know, a college up right. here in Winnipeg. That's where we got our start, and we had made contact with TSN 1290 while we were on uh, while we were still on Kick FM, and we were able to eventually transition the show from uh, Kick to 1290. This is still all prior to the Jets coming. Mm-hmm. This would be in November when we transitioned the show, and then the Jets came. Uh, I guess it would have been, uh, I guess, oh. almost. Great. I'm trying to think now, yeah, you well. know, a number of months later. Uh, we, you know, the Jets came back and everything worked out for us. Yeah, a nice timing on that, right? <laughs> yeah, it worked out. Uh, you know, pretty much if we had laid it, we couldn't have laid it out any better on paper. This is exactly, you know, right. what we had sort of hoped, and that's exactly what materialized. Now, you guys have media passes. You cover the Jets' the practices. You cover them inside and out. You cover the games. You're in the scrums. Yep. How, how are the the Winnipeg Sun, Winnipeg Free Press, the quote unquote established media guys? How do they treat you guys? How, how's that? Everything good? Yeah, everything's always been good with okay. them. We have a very good relationship with all of them. I mean, they, you know, they they actually appreciate to some extent because they know that you know if you're a hockey fan in Winnipeg and you want to read up about the Jets, mm-hmm. you're not necessarily going to go to the Free Press website and then you're going to go to the Sun website. You're just going to go to illegalcurve.com because we compile all the news right. uh, on that one site so that we make it easy for Winnipeg Jets fans. You right. know, the Free Press obviously isn't going to link to Winnipeg Sun articles, and the Sun isn't going yeah. to link to Winnipeg Free Press articles. So hockey fans in Winnipeg and the media themselves know, hey, I need to find something, I need to see something, I want to hear audio from last night's postgame that I might not have somewhere else, illegalcurve.com has it. So guys will just jump there, and we mm-hmm. have a good relationship uh, with everybody really locally yep. and you know, have from the start. So Wait till you... Know, you- sure. Wait till you break. Oh. Wait till you break some news that they didn't know about. <laughs> you know, uh, fair point. Fair point. But you know, we were actually the ones who broke the Jets returning. I mean, uh, Stephen Brunt, of course, broke it on the Globe and Mail that mm-hmm. the deal was done to the Jets to come back. Uh-huh. We were the ones. We were on air on twelve ninety when that broke as well. I mean, the, you know, I, I happened to be the one who broke in Winnipeg on air again that uh, Claude Noel had been dismissed as Winnipeg Jets coach. Okay. I'm not trying to toot my own yeah, horn yeah, by yeah. any stretch. Yeah. It's just sort of a function of the the different style of media that often radio is going to be because radio is in the here and the now mm-hmm. whereas newspapers you know you got to print them sure. you got to you know it takes a little bit more work to to break news in paper than it does uh, on radio right 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 all right let's dive into the season a little bit um i follow them closely being from winnipeg and uh happy to see them back of course off to a good start looked great Nikolai mm-hmm. Ehlers was on fire, and everything was well, moving well. And then lately, in the last month or two, it's been – well, first of all, it's a super tough division. Uh, it's a gnarly division, and the Jets are yeah. in it. And But really, since that first month, it's it hasn't gone as well as they like. And now, of course, Andre Pavlik injured. But what's been the issues? What's been the problem in the last little bit? Uh, defense. The yeah. month of November has just been absolutely horrific for the Winnipeg Jets' defense. Uh, you know – Things started off, you know, in October very well. They right. they came out of the gates firing. They they had a great successful uh, initial four game road trip. They came home. They played well on home ice. Everybody was hunky dory. Mm-hmm. Everybody was was brought, you know planning to put money aside to buy their playoff tickets. <laughs> and then uh, the month of November hit, and these guys look like they've just completely been discombobulated in their own zone. There isn't the same commitment to the to team defense the five man unit playing defense mm-hmm. that we saw last year we saw we've seen glimpses of it uh, on black friday 
just a couple days ago, they played in Minnesota, mm-hmm. and they held the Wild. It was great, 15, yeah. Yeah, yep. held the Wild to 15 shots on goal, and people said, now that's the Winnipeg Jets that we have seen uh, last year. That's the, Jet, that's the way the Jets need to play to be successful. Well, lo and behold, you know, the next night in Colorado, they're back. They, they take a couple steps backward, mm-hmm. and people are just inconsistent and a lack of commitment to team defense right now, and that's really hurting this team. They can score. Yep. They can score a ton of goals. That's not the problem. They're just giving it up on the back end, and you know, as we've seen, you know, which was sort of been their mo for the first number of years that they were here in Winnipeg, and it's you know what people thought was be was behind them. It mm-hmm. seems to have uh, come back to bite them. Yeah, have the worst goals against in the conference. Oh no, sorry, yeah. Calgary's worse. Calgary's worse. But Calgary's worse, but the Jets yeah, are right up there. Right. Um, how's Paul Maurice doing? I, I'm, I'm a fan of the Maple Leafs. Follow them closely, sure. and uh, um, they're actually coming up. They play tomorrow, um, yeah. and I, I recognize the Maurice sort of post game look where he's furious. He's just steaming, but he kind of gets his makes his sentences out. It looks like he's reached that point a little bit. Yeah, he certainly isn't happy with the with yeah. the performance, and I don't blame him. You know, it's pretty much the same team that you saw at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. So why all of a sudden have they taken this uh, same defense? I should say, not the same forward group, but mm-hmm. same defense. Why have they taken this massive step backwards? And that's really the good question. And I mean, you know, he can see them play. You know, he sees them play the proper way, quote unquote. <laughs> right. Certain times, I mean, he sees them play. He saw them play it on Friday. If they played on Friday every single game for the rest of this year, they're going to be a playoff team because they're going to win two thirds of those games. Mm-hmm. That's just how. I mean, they were suffocating on Friday against the Wild. Yeah. Well, the Wild weren't great. They didn't have their. They didn't play their best game, of course. But you play like you play on Friday. You're going to win the majority of your games. Mm-hmm. Problem with the Jets is, like I said, Saturday they were back to square one. Yeah. So Paul Maurice, you know, tomorrow against the Maple Leafs, the Maple Leafs who play hard but do not have as much talent as the Winnipeg Jets. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Jets expect that they're going to beat the Maple Leafs. Yeah. Well, you have to play the right way in order to make that come to fruition. They did. You expect to uh, to beat the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, they played them on Saturday. They played them the Monday previous, but they lost both those games. They didn't play the right way. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's yep. the key. Andre Pavlik being injured. You mentioned that. Uh, it, Michael Hutchinson just doesn't look now. I'm not doesn't look confident. You, you. I, I just watch him from afar. I don't watch every sure. game. I'm not on him like you. I'm not a fan of Pavlik. Like the second half last year, he was unreal. Generally speaking, his numbers aren't great. When he yeah. got hurt, I'm like, hey, I don't think that's that big of a deal. I think Hutchinson is the real deal. Of course, yeah. Connor Hellybuck uh, called up, and he's got a bright future. I was like, ah, Pavlik, like, I don't think they'll – he wasn't that great. What's your take on, on how he was playing before he got hurt? And do you think this is a chance where, say, Hutchinson runs with this or Hellybuck steps up and they look to move Pavlik? Like, that's kind of what I thought would happen before they kind of – struggle, but maybe it isn't working out that way. Uh, Hutchinson, I think, has proven with his play at the end of last year and his play at the start of this year, or thus far this year, I think he's yep. proven that he is his ceiling is that of a backup NHL goaltender. Oh, okay. He, All right. Yep. He, 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 you know, for whatever reason, I mean, he was so good at the beginning of the year last year, right. and I don't know if it was a function of being new on the scene and, and players not necessarily knowing you know, how to challenge him best or, or what it was, but he's certainly he's taken steps back. Mm-hmm. Andre Pavlik is a, you know, a lot of people don't like Andre Pavlik, and they look at his numbers <laughs> as reasons why. Right. 
And I'm more of a, I would say I'm more of an apologist for Andre Pavlik than mm-hmm. I am a critic of Andre Pavlik. I think he's better than people give him credit for. We saw that in the last month, last season. So, you know, the losing Pavlik hurts this, hurts this team because yeah. Hutchinson hasn't been able to carry the ball. Question is, what can Hellebuck do? He came yeah. up, he played that game in Minnesota, he was fantastic. Would you have started him against Colorado? I would have. Yeah. I understand why Paul Maurice didn't. If he starts him in Colorado, you know, you're saying that you have no confidence whatsoever in Michael Hutchinson. Mm-hmm. Now, should he have confidence in Hutchinson? Probably not, because he hasn't really shown much in the last month to, to give him any confidence. Mm-hmm. And so I would have started Hellebuck because, you know, the win is the thing. Sure. But I understand from Maurice's perspective, if you, if you start, what happens if you start Hellebuck and he struggles? So his confidence might be a little shaken. And you've already proven you don't have confidence in Hutchinson because you would have started him otherwise. So I understand why he went with Hutchinson. Um, I can justify the maneuver. I will be shocked if it's not Hellebuck in net tomorrow night against the Toronto Maple Leafs. I think the players themselves, I mean, the players themselves, I think, granted, it's only been one game, so that can change. Yeah. But the players, the the team seemed like they was going. It was playing in a different style for Hellebuck, and for whatever reason, they're not playing that same style for Hutchinson. Yeah, it's got to be Hellebuck against the Leafs. I'm sure. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, it, it will be shocking. You know, it's kind of a little bit like what the Leafs got going on, except in reverse, where like. Bernier, is, Reimer's hurt. Bernier's kind of a struggling bad. And Babcock mm-hmm. just said, you know what? I don't even care. I'm starting the Sparks dude against, uh, against the Oilers. And, like, it would have been a perfect time to put uh, Bernier back in, build up some confidence. Oilers aren't that good. And he didn't even care. He was just like, we need a win. You know? Yeah, they so. need. I mean, you know, there certainly is parallels yeah. there. A little bit. Like, yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, in that, you know, Bernier, I mean, when you're, if, you're, if you're in a forward or you're a defenseman and you do not think that your goaltender can stop a beach ball, you play the game in a different manner. Yeah. Whereas, you know, it, you know if they don't know what they have with, uh, with Garrett Sparks. You know, so the, they yeah. probably have a. This is the Leafs we're talking about. Yeah. Of course, he's the guy who played the third stringer. Who, you know, good story. Yeah. And when you have a rookie goaltender and, and you know, fresh to the league, you sort of play. You you want the kid to be. You, you always want everybody to be successful, but you want the kid to have a good launch to his career. Yeah. So you play in a little bit of a different manner. Now, it certainly helped Garrett Sparks, and I expect that we might see Garrett Sparks tomorrow night against the Winnipeg Jets, that they were playing the Edmonton Oilers, the Oilers who looked disinterested and looked like the Oilers we've seen for the last half, you know, the, half a dozen years. The, so certainly that's the, to his advantage. Um, but if, be, um, it's, if, it's a different kettle of fish coming to play yeah. Winnipeg tomorrow at MTS Center than this playing the Oilers on a Monday night at, uh, at the Air Canada Center. But, like, if Maurice was Babcock, he would have just said, I don't care about anything else. This kid got us the win, yeah. uh, Hollybuck, and I'm putting him in against the Avalanche, who's a worse team than the Jets. You know, the, the team, they're below the Jets in the standings. But it certainly doesn't help Drew either. Like, the, the division just gives you no breaks, you know? Like, no. God, it's gnarly. It's so strong. Um, yeah, you know, it, it, it's a war zone. I mean, you know, it's not, obviously, I'm being you know mm-hmm. colloquial when I say it, but it, it's an absolute war to to come out of the central division. Yeah, it's it, it's brutal. Hey, I mean, they're going to finish. They could very easily finish sixth in the division, mm-hmm. and you know, have more points than the third place team in yeah. the in the Pacific Division. But yep. you know, once you finish sixth, it doesn't help you. No. Um, one of the things, big big uh, discussion. Um, up, uh, up with the media in Canada and even down here, 
Dustin Bufflin, Andrew Ladd, they're unrestricted yeah. at the end of the year. I'm sure you've devoted hours and hours of radio <laughs> to these topics, but not for our listeners, not for our show. So I'll, please, uh, you know, give us some uh, some of your words on that. Um, Ladd's contract, I read or I hear, is coming along. I don't hear anything about Bufflin. What's what's the latest? Who do you think? Do you think they sign them both? Do, do they do they let one go? Do they let both go? What's your thoughts on that? Yeah. Well, you know. I would, I'll be honest, you know, back in June or, you know, at the NHL draft, so, mm-hmm. the, you know, end of June, we expect I was, you know, would not have been the least bit surprised to hear Andrew Ladd signed a contract extension. Yep. Mm, didn't happen. Right. Okay, well, a couple, you know, it'll happen a couple weeks into July. Well, it didn't happen. Well, it'll happen a couple weeks into August. Mm-hmm. Well, it hasn't happened. Um, so today's December 1st. And the Jets are sitting here, and as the days go by, every single day that passes, the Jets lose leverage. So I'm at this point in time. I mean, I would have thought that the Lad contract would have happened. I did not think that they were going to – I don't know what's going to happen with Dustin Bufflin. My expectation is that they probably will not re-sign him. If they fall out of the playoff picture further, yeah. they will certainly, I think they would be, I'd be shocked if they would re-sign Dustin Bufflin. They'll try and trade him at the deadline for you know, some sort of asset because he's going to have, he'd have a big market uh, at, the, at the trade deadline. Um, if I'm Andrew Ladder, I'm Dustin Bufflin, and it's December 1st, and unrestricted free agency is a few months away, relatively. Mm-hmm. Why am I signing a contract with the Winnipeg Jets right now? The the I mean, this deal sh- I, I'm shocked that it hasn't been done. It's like Stamkos, right? It's a little bit like Stamkos. Same thing. Everybody like was like, Stamkos? "Oh yeah, it's going to yeah. happen," and then it's not. <laughs> it's even I mean, even the, the Stamkos contract I think is even easier. The Stamkos contract, you okay? You look at what Jonathan Taves makes. You look at what Patrick yeah. Kane makes. You find a middle ground there. You make it for eight years because he's not. You know, that's the longest term you can have. You know. Get it done. I don't think Stephen Stamkos is going to be on the Tampa Bay Lightning next year. That's a separate issue altogether. Yeah, I would have, you know, four months ago, uh, six months ago, I would have said Andrew Ladd will 100% be a member of the Winnipeg Jets mm-hmm. next season. Now I would say it's maybe 60-40 he'll oh, still wow. be a member of the Jets. Yeah, yeah. I, but you know, to the, to uh, I could hang up with you, Steve, and they, uh, they could announce that he's got a contract extension done, and I wouldn't be yep. shocked. Right, right. But, the fact it's taken this long tells me that something's up. Something's up. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but from the Jets' perspective, I mean, I know that you probably don't want to dedicate the number of years and maybe the number of dollars to 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 Andrew Ladd, given that he plays you know a decently aggressive style, and you're worried about a steep drop off, et cetera, et cetera. Right. There's more than that. There's some optics that have to be. I think that True North has to take into account. Andrew Ladd is the guy who came to Winnipeg when the team moved here. Mm-hmm. He. He went yeah. early, right? He visited early before he the visited team. Visited early, yeah. right? Apparently, came on his own. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I, I think that to some extent it's probably a little bit overblown. I don't think <laughs> right. he's paying his own expenses, but whatever. He he blessed the Jets and he blessed the city of Winnipeg as a good destination for NHL hockey. Mm-hmm. That sort of loyalty that he showed you four years ago when you were just coming, when you were the new kid on the block, that sort of loyalty. I think the Jets might need to just swallow a little bit more pain than they would ideally like mm-hmm. and reward him for, being, for that loyalty. Because if they don't re-sign Andrew Ladd, I, I have trouble believing that anybody other than the most fringe free agents will ever make their way to Winnipeg. Well, and then you seem to think they're letting Bufflin go, so that would be Ladd and Bufflin out, you know? Um, that, yeah. does, that does say something, you know? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, te- I tend to believe that, that, that Bufflin... Uh, 
will be somewhere else next year. I just think that. Do you think it's just it, one of those things? Too many. The, <laughs> they're they're just like we don't want to give this dude six years. There's just no way. <laughs> he might get seven years. I mean, I don't know how yeah, many years yeah. he's going to get. It might be too many years, and right. there's just a little too many miles on yep. on Buffalo. And the truth of the matter is, if you look at their defense, they have three very good right side defensemen right now: mm-hmm. Bufflin, Hamannick. Uh, pardon me, they don't have Hamannick yet. We can talk want, about that you, in a bit. Yeah. <laughs> you want Hamannick, but yeah. Uh, Bufflin, Myers, and Truba. Right. So if you re-sign them, what are you going to end up with? Three? You got three guys who are playing on the right on the right side. I mean, mm-hmm. these guys, you know, they're they're twenty four minutes per game kind of guys on the right side, and there's not enough time to go around. I would take my Bufflin money and reallocate that somewhere else. Uh, I know he's a dynamic player. I know everything about him, well, and I know, yeah. you know. He's he, also he, um, he's a dynamic both ways, right? Like, the, yeah, the, he, 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 he gives it up in his own zone. Sure, yeah, he gives it up in his own zone. But I mean, the skill set that he brings to the table is hard to is hard to replicate. You yeah. won't be able to replicate it. Nobody else can. Very few people in the league mm-hmm. can do the things that he does. What the Jets can't do, what they absolutely cannot do, is lose these guys for nothing in free agency. Right. You know, the worst-case scenario for Kevin Sheveldayoff is that the Jets are in the playoffs or, you know, either a point out of the playoffs or a couple points in the playoffs at the NHL trade deadline, and you don't have either of these guys under contract yet. Well, guess what? Now, you're, now you can't trade them because you're in the playoffs or so you're on the cusp of the playoffs, and they probably won't necessarily re-sign with you unless they, until they see mm-hmm. what the market holds for them. So if you lose these guys for nothing, yeah. boy, oh boy, is that a – it's just bad yeah, – that's bad asset management at that point in time. Got to be 0% chance that happens, I would think. Um, Shevel Dayoff, I don't know how well you know him, how your relationship is, you or your guys at LegalCurve.com, uh, but that dude doesn't say anything. No, <laughs> doesn't say anything. There's a, I mean, we have a very good relationship with him. We're, yep. It's cordial and everything else, but there's a reason why we don't ever have him on our show. Right, right. Because – he doesn't say anything. Right. Yeah, and he's I tough. understand that. I mean, you know, he's he's got a mandate to, yeah. you know, be the general manager and he feels as though he doesn't necessarily, that mandate does not include uh providing updates or <laughs> spilling any trade secrets or right. anything else. Uh yeah, we just don't have him on. We don't even bother asking cuz, you know, he'll give an answer and yeah. he'll sit there after and you'll read the transcription of the answer and you'll be like, "Well, I don't know what that means." I've got some motocross racers on my show that I just don't have on for the same reasons. I'm like, "Forget it, man. There's just nothing yeah. here. There's nothing there." I'm 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 in the entertainment business a little bit with listeners and I need something, anything. So, yeah. um, you know, Bufflin for, you know, he's plus 6 now, of course, you know, plus minus, lots of debate on that, but Bottom line, he's plus six. He's the top-scoring defenseman. He's having a good year. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he, yeah. he's having a very good year. I mean, uh, you know, he started off tremendously. He's, mm-hmm. you know, I would say that he's probably we, – we did this exercise on our show on Saturday, which Winnipeg Jets players have either met your preseason expectations, mm-hmm. exceeded them, or have disappointed. And Bufflin, at, at worst, has met everybody's expectations. So you can certainly make the argument that, to some extent, he's exceeded them. Mm-hmm. He has not. Uh, he's you know yeah. he, he's been Dustin Bufflin. You know what he is. Um, let me ask you this. Uh, and again, I'm just sitting in Vegas, and I read everything, watch everything. 
The Jets, okay, the owners, uh, Mark Chipman, uh, David Thompson. David Thompson is one of the richest men in Canada. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe the richest. I don't even know. But And Mark Chipman certainly, um, I used to actually work for uh, a Honda dealership where Mark was my like second. He was the, not sure. my immediate boss, but the next guy. He was a great guy. Honest, great yeah. guy. Um, Birchwood uh, Automotive. Yeah, Birchwood, right. Uh, I worked for the Honda yeah. dealerships. And, and I, I love the guy. He was a great dude. So, But here's my thing. like, Like, the Jets have money. They sell out. Ticket oh, yeah. prices are up there. They added new seats. Honestly, from everything I read in here, they are basically printing money. Okay? And again, Mark Thompson. Uh, is it Mark? Yeah, Mark Thompson. Am I getting that right? No. David, David Thompson. Thompson. David Thompson. I'm sorry. David Thompson. Like, just loaded. Now, they're a budget team. They're not to the max. Does any fans, do any fans go, hey, wait a minute? Like, I'm not, Why? look, they can run their business the way they want. Everyone's entitled to make a profit, including a legal curve and, and this podcast and everything else. I get it. But how come I don't read, and again, maybe I'm missing it, how come I don't read things in the media? I don't hear things from fans saying, wait a minute, our owner is a bajillionaire. We're, we're selling out. Us fans are supporting the team to the hilt. Why are we a budget team? It's a very good question. Okay, it's, thanks. It's, 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 uh, it's an answer I don't have. I've wondered the same thing. Okay. I, I think people right now, at least from my perspective, you know, and, and you know, they can run their business however they want to run their business. It doesn't, you know, yeah. who am I to tell them to spend their money? No, I'm I know. No exactly. Position. Yeah. But I just wonder, I, like, I, is there more of a fan revolt going, hey, man? No. There isn't at this point in time. My perspective yeah. is on this that because last year when the Jets had a playoff team, they went out and they added pieces, and there was no talk about budget. I mean, they added, you know, they didn't add significant pieces, but they right. went out and they and sure. they added some and they added some players, and you know, so I, and right now they're they're fortunate in that a lot of their players, a lot of their young players, are on you know entry level contracts, which mm-hmm. are team friendly, and so that's why when you look at the you know the total salaries being paid out, the Winnipeg Jets are close to the bottom of the league. Mm-hmm. Next year, that's going to, especially depending on what they do with Ladd and Bufflin, but next year when Shifley's an RFA and Truba's an RFA and some of these other guys come up for renewal, it's going to change to some degree. My perspective is that as long as the Jets spend money when it's obvious that they're right on the cusp, mm-hmm. when they, you know, that it's the trade deadline three years from now, and they're a damn good team. They're a top team in the Central Division. And they need one piece to put them over the top, and that piece is available, and sure, that piece, that piece might actually cost you some money. As long as they make that trade at that day to get that piece mm-hmm. and don't worry about the extra salary you're bringing on, I don't think people are going to have a, a problem with, okay. with the current structure. But it certainly is something that, you know, once you look at it and you say, mm-hmm. oh, shit, pardon me, sorry, I don't no, know. No, you, what the, you can yeah. swear. It's a podcast. It's great. Okay, good. Just want to make sure. Yeah, it's not TSN. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, they say, oh, you know, uh, oh, shit, you know, the, yeah. the team isn't, isn't spending money. Yeah. Well, as long as they spend money when they need to spend it, I don't think people are, are going to have too much of a complaint. I have a buddy who has a suite there, and uh, he tells me the fans are getting on them a little more. The honeymoon is over. Yeah, the honeymoon is over to some extent, mm-hmm. in that you'll hear more criticism than than uh, than previous uh, than previous mm-hmm. times. Yeah. Uh, for the most part, the honey. Look, I mean, the renewal rate on the season tickets was I don't know ninety something percent. Yeah, yeah. The games are sold out for the foreseeable future. So if the trade off from True North's perspective is that people grumble a little bit and are a little bit more vocal, 
then yeah, I think that's a good trade-off from their perspective. But the passion of the fan base yeah. is is still overwhelming. I mean, the passion of the fan base is, is keeping my keeps my <laughs> show and, and our site, sure, you know, yeah. generating hits and generating topics and generating news constantly. So the passion certainly hasn't diminished. They're just we're less. The fan base is less happy to be there, and now it's more. Hey, we tasted the playoffs last year. What do you mean there might be a step back? No, no, yeah, no, yeah. no. We want to step <laughs> right, forward. Right, right. The uh, and yeah, I just always wonder like they can potentially be in the top 10 le- in the league in, in salaries paid. Like, they can. Sure. They, they got money. They, and they have the great. money to do right. it. If they yeah. wanted to do it, they, they certainly could. So we'll see, right? Yeah. yeah, like you said, we'll see when they need it. Um, yeah, when they need to dip into free agency to, to get that, you know, that, right. that one missing piece. That's when, that's when people are going to be watching them closely to make sure that they're willing to, uh, you know, put their money where their mouth is. You mentioned Truba. He's an RFA um, at yeah. the end of the year. There's, tra- there's talk of this Travis Harmonic trading him f- for Truba. I, again, it's just media stuff, but who knows? I would. I love Truba. I, I think from what I read, people have been saying he's taken a step back this year. Yeah, but it's a he, it's a difficult position, and he's a young kid. And I just think the world of this dude. Every time I watch the games, I'm like, this guy's good. I wouldn't trade the Truba for Hamannik, um, just because you don't yet know what you have in Jacob Truba. He has taken a step back from his from his peak last season. Mm-hmm. Now I'm a believer. I'm I'm of the belief that part of the reason for his step back is he's not playing enough minutes in the course of the game. On paper and and everything you see, he's a stud. He's a 24, 25 minute a night defenseman who you're playing in all situations. Right now, given the log jam the Winnipeg Jets have on the right side of defense, those minutes aren't there for him. Mm-hmm. You know, there, yeah, there like you go. Because right. you, yeah. you have Bufflin and you have Myers. Right. So, you know, if one of those guys was to depart, mm-hmm. does that change everything? Are there more minutes available? Potentially, but what happens if, you know, you trade, you know, you trade Bufflin for Travis Hamanick? Well, that doesn't really solve your problem. You still no. have too many guys on the right side of the defense, and you don't have enough guys on the left side of your defense. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't trade. I wouldn't make that trade just because I don't yet know what the ceiling is for Jacob Truba. You know that Travis Hamanick is a fantastic player. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it's yeah, hard to believe you can get him from the Islanders if you, unless you trade Truba. But I don't know. It, it just. It, it, I'd be. My concern would be you trade Truba, and then for the next decade you're like, yeah, that's the guy Dude, that we had, right? and we let him go. He's Dave Babbage back in the day. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like we're bad yeah. people are like ah Babbage, he's he's inconsistent or whatever. And I did a podcast with Ray Newfeld a little while ago, and he, and he even sure. said himself he got traded for Babbage. He said it was a bad trade. Yeah, well, <laughs> so you look you know, at the difference in their careers. I mean, yeah, it just you know I wouldn't make the trade. It's it's certainly being uh, it's certainly an active con- topic of conversation here in Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. Um, and, how, how many players are going to want to come to Winnipeg? Right. And Hamannick is Hamannick's a great player. Yeah. He really is. You know exactly what you're getting from him. He is a he's a big time defenseman in the NHL who can do a lot of very good high level things. It's the circumstances for the Jets are such that it's unfortunate that he plays on the right side of the defense. Right. Right. Because that's the one area you don't need. But. Maybe you trade Tyler Myers for Travis Hamannick, and then maybe you trade Bufflin at the deadline, and all of a sudden your, your top two right-side defensemen are Truba and Hamannick going forward for the next decade. Mm-hmm. And both of those guys can log 
24, 25 minutes a night. And then your third pairing right side defenseman only needs to play 10, 11, 12 minutes a night. Well, now you're talking. You know, if you can get you know, uh, if you can get a left side defenseman for Bufflin or something yeah. like that, or you know, then you're sort of reshaping your defense where you got a real strong top four. Right now, you have a really strong right side of your yeah. defense, but I don't know if that the left side has got some warts and some holes, and it's just the, the minutes on ice just aren't being allocated. There's not enough minutes to go around right now. I'm sure your callers to TSN 1290 are onto this, but realistically. Is Maurice in any trouble if this thing keeps going? Oh, no, no. Okay, yeah. No. I mean, no. He's, uh, you know, I'll give uh, Mark Shipman credit. You know, he doesn't enjoy, he's not impulsive. He doesn't enjoy, you know, mm-hmm. when they when they had to dismiss Claude Noel, it, you could see that it sort of pained him. Right, right. And, you know, so he, you know, Paul Maurice, no, not, not in the least bit. I okay, mean, but your callers, probably, have, your callers probably think so, but... <laughs> Truthfully, we on the illegal curve hockey show, yeah. we take callers maybe maybe once a year. Okay, all right. So and and there's a reason for that, right? And, right. You know, uh, sometimes you hear some some wacky thoughts and some wacky opinions. Um, but no, Paul Maurice is, is here for the long haul. The True North thinks that they've got their guy mm-hmm. who's going to lead this team. And you know, if maybe it's maybe it is a step back. Maybe it is a year that's a step back. Myself and my colleague Ezra on the program, we thought that the Jets were not going to be a playoff team this year. So I can't say I'm overly surprised. See, I kind of thought they would be. I thought they would be. I just looked at the division. Yeah. I looked at, you know, I looked at Dallas being, I mean, I didn't think they'd be this good. Yeah, but they'd be but better, right? They'd be better than they were last year. Uh, you know, I just didn't see, I, I didn't think Nashville was still going to be as good as they are, but you know, I just thought, I looked mm-hmm. around, I saw the Jets trying to plug in a bunch of young players into their lineup. Young players have a steep learning curve. Sure, Ehlers comes out, you know, terrific. Mm-hmm. But there's going to be doldrums for Ehlers, just like there were doldrums for Shifley back in his rookie season. And then, you know, and that's part of the, and that's just growing pains. That's just life in the NHL. So it would not shock me if the Jets, you know, do yeah. not end up qualifying for the playoffs at the end of the day. Right. Do you think this Harmonic trade gets done? I mean, Harmonic trade, he is, uh, you know, he wants to go closer to family. He's, uh, yeah. um, you know, from, is he from Winnipeg or where is he from? St. Malo, Manitoba. St. Malo, yeah. Okay, so outside. And, I mean, he's kind of said, like, you know, the Wild have said they're in Calgary. There's things close to, to Manitoba. Obviously, he'd love to probably be right in Winnipeg. Do you think yeah. it gets done, or is that just is it all just media kind of stuff? No, I don't think it's media stuff. Do yeah. I think it gets done? It's a really difficult trade. Okay. I mean, it yeah, truly it is. Yeah, it is. It really it is. Depends. Yeah. Look, if I think if the Islanders were willing to take Tyler Myers for Travis Hamanick, maybe Myers and somebody else yeah, for Hamanick. There's, there's no way they do it straight up, right? But yeah, somebody. somebody probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They would probably do it straight up for Truba. They might do it straight up for Truba. I just right. don't see True North wanting to make that trade. And that's sort of part of the problem that, you know, you almost want to bring him back just because he's a guy who wants, wants to play to, in Winnipeg. Wants to be there, and right? I mean, yeah. it's not going to happen very often that there's a lot of players that want to play in, in Winnipeg. Um, it's it's yeah. a real tough one, yeah. but you know at the same time, if the Minnesota Wild can get a deal done, I mean, how big of a de- deal is it flying from Minnesota to right. to Winnipeg or to see your family in St. Malo? Yeah. Well, you're talking about a 45 minute flight. Yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. So no, exactly. You know, the, at the end of the day, it's it, it's a real 
It's a real interesting one. It's a real, real interesting trade. I think it gets done, but I don't know that it gets done this year. It might get done at the, you know, at the NHL draft because it sounds like Hamannick's willing isn't going to rock the boat more than he already has. If he has, he it sounds like he's willing to play out the year in Brooklyn mm-hmm. with the Islanders. Yeah, but you know, you never know. Maybe. Yeah. Colorado, which is also a plane right away, swoops in. Right. Or Minnesota, who have, I mean, a lot of teams have the pieces that can make this deal work. You really hope the Jets, the Jets hold a hammer here, you know what I mean? In the fact that if Garcino wants to do him right and do the right thing, the Jets hold a hammer here, and you really want to see him not just yeah, sell out the farm for this very good player, you know, like try to use uh, their leverage, you know, they're hopefully not, they can. They're, yeah. they're not going to get him unless they give up. I mean, Garcino, you know, uh, he gets a lot of criticisms, but he's a pretty shrewd general manager. He's not giving away Travis Hamannick. Yeah. It's going to cost you – it's going Something. to cost you, yeah. uh, you know, Tyler Myers. It's going to cost you Jacob Truba. Uh, you know, I can see it. I can see a trade being made that involves Myers. You know, who's at least under contract and everything else. Maybe mm-hmm. Myers and another roster player, and maybe a very good prospect from the Jets system. But you know, mm-hmm. Tyler Myers can't replace for the Islanders what Travis Hamannick can do. Mm-hmm. And the Islanders have designs right now on you know. In a wide-open Eastern Conference, they think, why not us? Why can't we be the team that uh, comes out of the East this year? Yeah, no doubt. Um, the Nikolai Ehlers, I, I didn't look at the Jet stats for a while until I sat down to do this podcast with you, and I just must be seeing all his goals on highlights because I'm actually surprised he's only got 11 points in 25 games, five goals, six assists, because it seems like the guy is a highlight real dude, and obviously he's a rookie. He's been good, man. He's exciting. He's a good player. He's dynamic and he's exciting and he brings people to the edge of their seats, but he's also, you know, young. So there's some growing pains with him. And he does things that, you know, you're not going to be able to do. And he'll learn that, I mean, there's been times where he cuts over the middle of the ice with his head down, just Mm -hmm. comes over the blue line and cuts over into the middle of the ice. Well, you know, he's fortunate that he's playing in this day and age in the NHL because if Scott Stevens was patrolling the blue line, Nikolai Ehlers' head would have been severed off of his body and would be in the third row a couple yeah. of times already. Yeah, he's not so, a big dude. I mean, yeah, he's not a big guy. Not a big yeah. dude, and yeah. he's doing things that, you know, you can get away with in junior that you right. can't get away with in the NHL. But there's no reason to believe that his ceiling isn't anything other than a top-flight uh, yeah. top flight winger in the NHL. He's got all the talent, all the sure. speed. He likes to shoot from everywhere. I mean, he's a fun kid to watch. Yeah, he is, no doubt. Um, who's been a disappointment? Who's been the – I mean, we talked a little bit about Hutchison. Um, yeah. Who's been, you think, a little underwhelming this year? I mean, Truba, I think he's just going through growing pains. Has there been a guy or two that stuck out for you that really has been, had a tough year? Uh, Adam Lowry's had a tough year. Mm-hmm. Adam Lowry's still looking for his first goal, and when you've played 25 games in the NHL, you know you expect to have a goal, especially because he had such a solid year last year mm-hmm. in his rookie campaign. He's been, you know, he's now down onto the on the wing on the fourth line. I I don't know if that's necessarily where you know the place to play him. He's had a tough year. The defense, you know, has had a tough year. The the defensive the defensive mindset. If a mindset can have a tough year, the defensive <laughs> mindset of the Winnipeg Jets has had a tough year. Right. Andrew Ladd is you know struggling, and you know sure there's questions. Are these contra- Are the lack of a contract weighing on him? I don't know. I mean, yeah. the only I know that if my family 
you know, you know, because it's not like he's just himself anymore. He's got a wife and he's got kids or whatever he's got. If my family wasn't sure where they were going to be living come next September, it might weigh on my mind a little bit, and maybe maybe it would affect my performance yeah. to some degree. Um, these are all valid issues, I, I think. Now the question is, when do these guys snap out of it? When does the when do the Winnipeg Jets of last season sort of reemerge if they're going to reemerge on a regular basis? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it should be interesting. How much does, uh, I don't know how much you're in the room asking these guys stuff or talking to them, but is the contract stuff with Bufflin and Ladd, is that weighing on them, the team, the room? Obviously, you're like I said, you're not in the dressing room, like, you know, knowing what's going on, but do you think some of that maybe is a cloud hanging over these guys? And, and, and is, can you tell if Ladd or Bufflin are getting frustrated about everywhere they go talking about their deals? They're not. I mean, they're not. They're really not talking about it. They're sort of. The, you know, they've said when when the season started. Look, you know, we're not going to talk about it. The okay. deals are going to happen behind the scenes. So nobody's asking them necessarily on a daily basis about it. But you know, I, I certainly think that these guys are are pretty aware of what's going on. I mean, these guys. It's a pretty close knit dressing room. It's mm-hmm. a pretty close knit group. I mean. They sort of banded together to get rid of Mr. Kane, Evander, yep. last season. And, you know, this is a group that, you know, they with Bufflin and with Wheeler and with Ladd and, you know, with Thorburn. I mean, these guys have been together, you know, for how many years now? They were back together still in, in Atlanta. They, they've been a core of a team for half a decade, if not longer. And they're wondering if the core is going to get split up. So yeah, yeah. while they while they will not, you know, they're not publicly addressing it. You can't help but wonder sure. how much of a factor it is. Because I, I I would think it would be a factor if I thought that you know the guys that I you know I you know my good friends you know and and everything else and guys who I've grown up with were were not, were not weren't going to be around me anymore. It would weigh on my mind. Yeah, no, absolutely. You're right. Hey, the Moose are back. Uh, the Manitoba Moose uh, left for a while when the Jets came in. They had their their farm team out way out in St. John's. They brought it back yeah. to Winnipeg. I was surprised because I'm like, look, Winnipeg's not that big. Can it support two teams playing out of there? Obviously, for convenience reasons, having your farm team in Winnipeg in the same city is awesome. But how's that going, the return of the Moose? How's the attendance? How? The Jets obviously haven't suffered, but are people going to Moose games? And is is it is it exciting to have them there? Uh, yeah, people are going to Moose games. I mean, there is a, there's certainly a, there was a void in Winnipeg in terms of affordable hockey. I mean, for all that you know, the people that attend the Winnipeg Jets games, it's not mm-hmm. affordable for for the majority of people. So all of a sudden, you know, never mind the cost savings about no longer having to to you know fly people in from St. John's and bring you know, people back shuttle people back and forth from Atlanta Canada. Yeah. You put the you put the home team or you put the farm team in your own building. So you've got you've already earned from True North's perspective another 35 days worth of 35 game days worth of uh, a gate revenue. Yeah. And so sometimes there's 5,000 people there and then sometimes there's 9,000 people there. And you get all the ancillary revenue from that. Every time somebody buys a beer, everything else. And people who people cared about the ice caps because they care about the Jets. So hell, well, sure, I might not be able to afford to take my kid to a Jets game, right. but I can go watch the next best thing. And the guys who are going to be Jets fans, or the guys who are going to be on the Jets next season, mm-hmm. I can go watch them for a very affordable price. And you know, so the Moose are being well received. 
You know, they're, yep. you know, you go there on a Friday night. And I think there was a Friday night, maybe it was a couple of weeks ago. I think that they may have played the Chicago Wolves or something. Mm-hmm. And the lower bowl, which is all they're selling, so about 8,500 oh, okay. seats. So they only sell uh, the open. I didn't know that. They only sell the lower bowl. Okay. Yeah, they yep. only sell the lower bowl, which right. is what they used to do for the, for the Moose 1.0. Same thing. It was just the lower bowl. Yep. So you'd go there and, you know, yeah, the, it's, you know, there's 8,000 people there on a Friday night because of the Jets. I don't know if the Jets were on the road or the Jets were right. playing, whatever they were. Yep. There's enough people who want to see hockey who couldn't who couldn't afford the Jets, but who can afford the Moose that they can that they're making it work. So, from I'm sure from True North's perspective, it's been a stroke of genius. Yeah, I just wonder, like, yeah, that's expensive to open the arena and run it, and hopefully, you know, like you said, yeah, you know, hopefully it works out for convenience reasons. It's awesome, but I'm glad to hear I that think, people are going. Yeah, yeah, people yeah. are going. I mean, they're not. I mean. They're not stupid at True North. It's, you know, yeah. Normally, there's, yeah. the, there's the annual New Year's Eve game, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, going back way back yeah, to right. you know, when you were still living in Winnipeg, the Jets always play on New Year's Eve yeah, tux- at home. Tuxedo night, and, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah right. exactly. So you know, they always play at home on New Year's Eve. Well, this year, the Jets are on the road on New Year's Eve. They're playing in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Guess who's at home on New Year's Eve instead? The Moose are at yeah. home on New Year's Eve instead. And they might sell out the entire arena for that game because people are looking for something to do on New Year's Eve. And this way, they you know a moose game where if it wasn't New Year's Eve would have five, six, seven, eight thousand. Well, mm-hmm. guess what? It might have fifteen thousand people there, and people can still watch the Jets on the on the West Coast after the game or something. Right? That's what they're doing? These guys are uh, the True North. You know, whatever criticism you want to level at them, you can't say they're not smart because they certainly are that. Yeah, one of the things that like when I left Winnipeg, like it was a little. Sickening. I remember the the very Shankaro gave the Jets like at a Christmas party. He gave them like luggage, right? Which is sure. whatever. He gave all the players luggage. It's, it's a it's a company doing a Christmas party thing for for the hockey team. Well, at that time they were getting some subsidies from the province for whatever reasons. I don't remember. And the Winnipeg Sun breaks this story, you people are paying for the Jets' luggage that they got. And first of all, luggage is lame. You know, that's super lame for these millionaire hockey players back then. I hated the fact that my hometown newspaper was, you know, trying to pit the the average Joe against the team, you know, for some luggage. It just, it struck me like, I'm like, oh, this city, come on, guys. And uh, that's not there anymore. You know, I like that. It seems like it's it's True North is great. They are running it well, and the media is on board. And it's not so much like just that when they left, there was some just toxic feelings, you know, or when I yeah. left and when they left. It, it seems so much better now. I, Winnipeg is a, you know, I, I, I'm born and raised here, so I was, you know, I, I know it, you know, all too well. Uh, Winnipeg certainly is a different city than it was when the Jets left the first time. There yeah. is a... Yeah energy and a vibe around Winnipeg and an excitement for people that a live here currently and people that are returning to Winnipeg because they realize that you know for all the criticisms that get leveled at it it's a little bit too cold and it's a little bit this and it's a little mm-hmm. bit too small and it's a little bit too isolated well there's probably more pros than there are cons and it may have taken some people a long time to realize that but, uh, you know, it's funny, you know, uh, I had an old boss who's, who had a saying that Winnipeg is the hardest place to get people to come to, and then it's the hardest place to get people to, to live. <laughs> Pardon right. me, to leave. To leave, right, yeah. And once, they, once they're here, yeah. well, they fall in love with it. I yeah. mean, my wife is actually, my wife is from Kentucky originally, and she's lived uh, up here now for, I guess, what, five years? Uh, no, yeah. longer than that, I guess. Um, five, six years, and we raise our family here because she sees all the pros that Winnipeg has. It's, I mean, it's a, it's a little big city, and mm-hmm. 
you know, there's there's less of the sort of the small town bullshit. Yeah, yeah. That may have existed previously. Yeah, was, like you mentioned, it about, was bad. I mean, yeah. But you know, the, look, True North is certainly can can and deserves on occasion their their fair share of criticism. Mm-hmm. They've made some they've made decisions that I wouldn't necessarily agree with. But at the same time, uh, you know, there's there's nobody going out of their way to to knock them down for the most part. Mm-hmm. There's some people who are harsher than others, but you know, I think it's I I, I think that the coverage is. It's fair, but it does lead lean on the side of fawning on occasion. Right, right, right. What you said, you mentioned that True North made some decisions that you weren't, you didn't think were, in your opinion, you agreed with. What kind of stuff are you talking about? What, what Just, stuff do they think that you think they deserve a little bit of uh, a little bit of heat held, fire held to them? Nothing, nothing serious. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just they they do have a bit of an arrogance. Uh, attached to them. And that's okay. I would probably be arrogant in the same situation too. But I'm not sure if you followed. They, they put in the, the new seats this year, um, the new loges or whatever they're calling okay. them. And as a result of putting in those new loges, uh, some other fans uh, had their view obstructed. Oh, really? And Yeah, they had their view obstructed. And I just thought from my personal... Yeah. You know, from my personal reaction, I mean, I'm actually I'm a season ticket holder as well. I, I'm I have a quarter of a season seat or two season seats as well. Mm-hmm. From my perspective, as a season ticket holder, I didn't feel as though their response was was really appropriate. Now they've <laughs> rectified the problem. Okay. Well, yeah. So they get cre- but... they get credit for rectifying the problem. Yeah, yeah. But I thought that their initial response left a little. It left a bit of a sour taste in my mouth mm-hmm. as a season ticket holder. Right. Right. Um, let's talk a little, real quickly about the Kane trade. Obviously, uh, that was a big deal for the Jets, and it was a controversial ending for him, and he didn't seem like he was popular in the room. But what I want to talk about was he did an interview in, in Hockey News last month, um, sure. and, and he talked about Winnipeg. The, it was a fishbowl, and everybody was you know making things up, and, and you know it's just a small city that people you know don't appreciate a guy like Kane, and he did some stupid things on social media. I mean, obviously, look, I'm 41 years old, so I'm not in his demographic of, of, of kids or whatever, but I thought they were dumb and a little silly on his part. But the criticisms towards Winnipeg and playing in Winnipeg, the, the unfounded rumors, the gossip, and nobody liking you know he touched on the color of his skin and this and that. Anything to that? Anything to like Winnipeg being too small for these dudes and and some guys driving them crazy? Do you think, or, or is that just all Kane kind of being Patrick Kane, uh, Vander Kane, Vander Kane? I'm sorry, Patrick. Yeah, no, that's okay. You know, um, I I don't I don't know. I mean, maybe yep. maybe he was subjected to to racial comments. Yeah, and if he if he thinks he was, then that's good enough for me. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not in the position to say no. I mean, there's racism everywhere, so of course yeah. he may have been subjected to. There's stupid people and, and bigots and racists everywhere. So Absolutely. maybe he was right. I think that Evander never wanted to be in Winnipeg. If you never want to be somewhere, you're not going to embrace it. Mm-hmm. I don't care a number, how much time you spend there. Sure, there. I mean, and he's flashy and everything else, but that's okay. He's allowed to be. And he yeah, absolutely. At the center right. of attention. Yeah. And you know, I think that's. It, it was a bad mix from the start. Yeah. He didn't want to be here. The truth is, if he had, and he was so open about it, you know, if he had said, if he had come out, you know, and said, oh, what a great city, just once. Yeah, yeah. Everybody would have embraced it. But 
he, uh, Vander marches, and I, I mean, he marches to the beat of his own drummer. He didn't want to be here, so he figured, well, why should I blow smoke up their ass? I don't want to be here. I've asked for a trade every single offseason. Yeah. They refused to do it, so I'm going to make things awkward. And eventually it came to a head in Vancouver where the tracksuit got destroyed and right. thrown into the, thrown into the his shower. Ho- and his hometown, he no too. Longer... Yeah, his hometown, too, which had to just piss him off. <laughs> Probably. But, right. I mean, he, you know, look, there's a, uh, there's a code of conduct that you have to abide by as an NHL player, and he violated it, and uh, there were ramifications for violating it, and the ramifications came from his teammates himself. Mm-hmm. So you can, take, you can read into that what you, whatever you want about what his teammates thought of him, but, I mean, to me, it, it, speaks, fairly, it speaks volumes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's in Buffalo now. I don't have any ill will to him. When he comes here next month, it's going to be an absolute oh. or in when is it February, whatever it is. Yeah. It's going to be a wild scene. It's yeah. going, I mean, assuming he's not injured because uh, he tends to be injured fairly right. often. It, there will be vitriol thrown at him. You hope that it is clever vitriol that the Winnipeg Jets fans are known for and not anything other than that. But I, it's akin to me. It's akin to when Vince Carter returned to Toronto uh, as a member of, I guess, what is it, the New Jersey Nets back then when he demanded yeah. the trade. Yep. And, there was, and there was vitriol and there was fury and there was everything else. I think it's going to be a very charged atmosphere. From my perspective, you know, Evander, do your thing in Buffalo. If you're happier in Buffalo, fill your boots. Right, right. Do you, know. do you hear stuff off the record from players about Winnipeg and living there, or do, do the guys seem happy to be there? You know, I, I, I'm not close with the guys, so I can't yeah. answer that question with any sort of well, knowledge yeah, specific. Yeah. I think that they seem to be decently happy to be here. I'm sure there's times when it's annoying. Right. But, I mean, you know, for the most part, you know, don't listen to talk radio. Don't listen. <laughs> don't I mean, listen to the player, t- like, I mean, li- I'm saying this is somebody who's on talk radio. <laughs> right, and right, I, right. And I like to think of uh, of a legal curve. I like to think that we are fair first and foremost. Uh-huh. We, don't, we, don't, we don't take shots you know, that are unjustified. But if I was a professional athlete, I wouldn't listen to talk radio because what's in it for me? Right. If I'm a professional athlete, I'm not going to read the newspapers because what's in it for me? And <laughs> right. you know, but other than that, I mean, I'm sure these guys get not hassled, but I'm sure that there's times where you just sort of want to be anonymous and go out for dinner with your wife, and maybe you're not able to, or people are bugging you. Right. But I mean, I think for the most part, I hope that people are respectful, and I think that they would be. And I would think if anything, so. Right? If they're going yeah. to be fans. They're not. They're going to be. You know, they're going to be fan. If, you know, overwhelmed to see them, and so excited and excited, and you know, they're not going to be. You know, would you walk up to Andrew Ladd and say, "Hey, why you really been struggling lately? Why you been sucking so much?" <laughs> right, right. Yes, if you're an asshole, you do that. But I mean, assholes are assholes everywhere. Yeah. Hey, dude, and one of the things that. The hurts the Jets. Palomino Club closed down. That's where. Was when I, another yeah, oh, beginning. Guess what? The January second. Oh, I it's think still it's open. Last, okay. Last night. All right. Um, because that was the place where the players all went. Well, at least when I wasn't lived there. You know what I mean? You'd see what? players from both teams at the Pal. So the difference. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what used to happen. The difference is nowadays there's nobody in town anymore. These guys. Yeah. I mean, for the most part, think about it. They they play a game. So they you know let's say they play here. Yeah, they're playing here Saturday afternoon. The Capitals are. Yep. Well, in the olden days, when they used to fly commercial, well, they would stay in Winnipeg until Sunday. Yep. Now, they all fly charters, so the game ends on Sunday at 5. I don't know where Washington's going after, right. or wherever they are. And they're just out of there. Yeah. Yeah, by 7 o'clock, they're on the plane traveling either back to Washington or to their next destination. Right, right. And, you know, if there's a team coming in, well, that team usually comes in, you know, the evening before. 
And, you know, for the most part, the, the road teams don't go partying in the city anymore. Maybe they'll go to Earl's or, or whatever and have a, you know, have a couple drinks. And, you know, you've seen that. But for the most part, they're, they're pretty low-key. Uh, and, you know, it's not like the olden days. Like you said, after a, a Jets 1.0 game at the arena, you would, I mean, the Palomino is, you know, five minutes away. So teams, oh, we've had guests. It was crazy. We have guests on the program, old players who call, you know will call mm-hmm. in and say, "Hey, is the Palomino still open?" Or, I, mean, I remember that. I love that place. Right, they did. They they did like yeah. it. We'll have to have a moment of silence for the Palomino closing. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, they're I don't know. They can do probably some DNA analysis right, in that place, right. and you find things you don't want to see. I know. Hey, uh, one guy I want to touch on that I forgot about was uh, Bermistroff. Uh, went to the KHL for a couple of years. Him and Claude well, Noel not getting along at all. Uh, yeah. He's back this year. Kind of not doing as good as I thought he would do. Uh, what's his play been like? He looks like the same player he was before he went to the KHL. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Probably does too much, overthinks. Uh, is he an NHL player? Yeah. Is he an exciting NHL player who's going to you know turn your team upside down and, and take you over the top? No. Um, you know, people had said you know we expect him to sort of be to fill Michael Froelich's role. Well, he's not Michael Froelich. He's, he's a player who occasionally mm-hmm. shows flashes of, of, of brilliance and you know, usually will show flashes of you know, sort of just skating up and down the ice. <laughs> right. I'll give him credit that he's defensively responsible. Yep. So he's, he's okay in his own zone, and he's, he's, decently, he's decent in his own zone, and I wouldn't mind seeing him get some more penalty-killing time because I thought he was, he's, got, he's got a pretty good skill set for that. But is his offensive game ever going to become anything outstanding? I don't see it. He's still trying to dipsy doodle his way through four, five, six guys when it's just right. it's not the way you. It just doesn't work. It might work in junior. It might work in the KHL. It just doesn't work in the NHL. Um, how's this? Sh- I listen to a few of the shows. Like I said, I read the I read the website for my Jets news, things like that. Have you guys ever gotten? I know, in like in my real job uh, covering the sport of Supercross and Motocross, I say things and give opinions, and I hear it from teams, agents, riders themselves about things I've said. Uh, do you hear it from the PR staff or even some players about different things? Have you guys gotten a little bit of criticism here and there? Because it is a good show. You guys do offer honest opinions. Yeah, no, we've heard uh, feedback. I wouldn't necessarily say that we've heard criticism. And, you know, sometimes people, you know, from, you know, from different organizations and whatnot, and for the most part, they'll say, you know, what you said is is fair. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, and, you know, because like I said, we have opinions, but they're not out in left field and they're not coming. There's a basis of fact behind behind our opinions. And so, yeah, we'll hear feedback from, from, you know, not players less so, but, uh, from management that said, yeah, you know, I heard that segment and right. you know, I thought you guys, you know, handled it right, or I thought you guys had oh, an okay. interesting yeah. opinion, and I thought it was reasonable and well and well thought out. I mean, the truth is, I mean, you know, we don't we're three guys who don't have any formal radio experience, right. any for, uh, formal radio training. Yeah, but that's uh, fine. Ezra, Ezra I think does. that's good. I think that's good. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. But I mean, it also means that you know we have to work. You know, you only have one reputation, and mm-hmm. you have to work really hard to earn that to earn that reputation, and then you have to work really hard to keep that reputation. So we're not about to do anything to jeopardize that by, you know, uh, speaking, you know, using 
you know, uh, false innuendo yeah, or making yeah, yeah. wild, slanderous allegations. Right. Once you once you do that once, and yeah. once you lose a you know credibility, it's hard to get it back. Absolutely. So we so we keep that you know first and foremost, and you know fair. There's no you, there's no reason why on sports radio and in general you can't be fair. You can always give an opinion while mm-hmm. being fair at the same time, unless you just want to be a, a, an ass about it. Mm-hmm. And that's that's not who I am. That's not who my colleagues are. First and foremost, you know, we we think fair is a good way to be. Must be pretty cool for you guys to be at the point where you're at, where I don't know how much how much profit you're making, if any at all. But it seems like things are rolling, and, and it must be pretty cool for all you guys to be like, hey, man, like we're this is really working out, you know. And again, guys that are just knowledgeable fans of the sport, it's uh, it's got to be a cool feeling. Yeah, it is a cool feeling. I mean, this has been a it's been a labor of love, and you know, we we make some cash out of it. We're not we're not becoming independently wealthy out of it, <laughs> right. but, uh, but you know, and you know, I don't I I don't think anybody becomes independently wealthy in the radio business uh, yeah. locally much anymore. It's just yeah. a, it's it's a real dog eat dog world. But for you know, the, we we've worked hard to like I was talking about to, about reputation. Yeah, we've worked hard to burnish our reputation and to be seen as credible mm-hmm. and you know and that's rewarding in itself when people call you up and say you know i listen to the show all the time or i love your guys show or i'll get a text message from somebody saying hey i missed the show today when's it going to be on itunes i'm desperate to hear it right right this is, you know you know you know that does give you a a good feeling sure. that people you're putting out a product people are enjoying it people are respecting it people may not always be agreeing with it mm-hmm but at least they're they're at least listening and they're and they at least seem to seem to care about it. Yeah, when I don't put out some of my motocross shows, I get angry tweets, which is actually sure. cool. Yeah, you know, like you're like, all right, yeah, you cool. You're angry that it's not a show. Um, I, it makes you wonder why people get angry about that. Sort of <laughs> I know, thing. right? I mean, you know, if you send if you send if you send me a tweet and says, "Hey guys, love the show. Just wondering where the latest yeah. episode is." You know, I'm, I'm a lot more likely to respond in a positive manner than I am. Hey, jerkwad, where's my free content? I always think to myself, yeah, what are you paying for this? Listen, yeah. I, got, I, got, I was out with my wife last night or whatever. I'm busy. Hey, um, exactly. Uh, one of the things that drives me crazy, and I've kind of heard it from some ex-players, well, uh, two different actually topics. One of the things that I don't like, look, I know the Jets went to Phoenix, but give the Jets now all their <laughs> sure. records back. Do you know yeah, what I mean? The I know exactly what you mean. And, it's bizarre. And I so I don't know how we can do that. I don't know if Phoenix would be pissed. I don't know how that works. But look, Thomas Steen and Dale Howardchuck, give them the Jets records. They're not the Thrashers. They're the Jets, and they used to be there. And I've heard from some other players that play, used to play there that the Jets themselves, Jets 2.0, kind of not embracing alumni like the other teams do, but that's because they're not – Phoenix, they're Thrashers. Uh, that's weird. How is that situation? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a bizarre situation. I mean, it's, it's laughable, is what it is. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know why the NHL makes the decisions that the NHL makes. I mean, who cares to some extent? In that, I, look, I know that Timu Solani, you know, scored seventy-six goals as a Winnipeg Jets player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's you know. But the record, when, but the record for the Winnipeg Jets right now for rookie goals is probably Byron Little or somebody or whatever from the Thrashers. Yeah, or whatever. Probably, yeah. And, and 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 I mean, it can say it in the record book and it can say it on paper. I mean, I everybody knows better. Yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's one of those really bizarre things. I don't really have a 
a good answer as to why the NHL does it. I mean, does it one way versus the other? It's one of those things you sort of just shrug your shoulder. At least I, you know, I shrug my shoulders at and say, okay, is you know, there any their decision, their ball, they can make the rules. Do you ever hear management dudes or anything with the 2.0 Jets say we we agree we want to. We want to get it, or do they don't even care? It doesn't come up <laughs> okay, anymore. Right. I mean, maybe they do care. I don't know. That's right, right. Come up to me. I would hope they'd have better things to worry about. Um, uh, and it, I think for the most part, they do. Well, it pisses me off. Um, yeah, well, I, can, yeah, I understand right. it from a fan's perspective because you grew up watching, you know, sure. Howard Chuck and Solani and Housley and well, and everybody else, you know, doing those things in a Winnipeg Jets uniform. And you're not sure why all of a sudden that's you know the the Arizona Coyotes history. And then you know, like talking to Newfeld or Doug Smale, they're like, "Yeah, I don't know. We don't really know if we're alumni of the Jets or <laughs> alumni of the Phoenix Coyotes, or you know, it's just one of those things." And I, the reason I brought this up was because I want to say two weeks ago somebody tied a club record or broke a club record, um, and I saw it on the screen, and I'm like, "No, no, 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 yeah. no, that's not a record," you know. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I understand. <laughs> I understand uh, exactly what you're saying. It's a record of of the Atlanta team, but not the team that everybody grew up yeah. watching. I mean, so you just sort of say, okay, you know, whatever. Well, hey, Drew Mendel, uh, Legal Curve uh, Hockey Show, LegalCurve.com, TSN, uh, the Legal Curve Hockey Show on TSN 1290. Thank you for doing the Pulp Hockey Podcast, man. I appreciate it. I kept you a little longer than what you wanted to, but um, I wanted to talk to you about all these things, get my feelings on these records off my chest, too, because it pisses me off. And um, thanks, man. Good luck with everything. Everything seems like it's going well, and I appreciate you, and uh Maybe we'll get you back on at some point. Um, thanks again. Absolutely, Steve. My pleasure to do it. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, and you know how to get in touch with me. If you never ever, ever want to get, do this again, you just know how to get in touch with me. Perfect. Thanks, man. Thank you. Thanks, Steve. All right.